This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Tonight it is Wednesday, August 31st. I hate the end of August. I hate the hate, oh, fall's coming. There's a little crisp in the air. Actually, there isn't, but uh, it's coming. Uh, it is National Overdose Day, and I guess to commemorate the day, uh, Joe Biden yesterday mentioned the word fentanyl for the first time. He said, the, of course, he, he, he botched it, called it fentanyl. Uh, but uh, he mentioned it. I guess I got to give him credit. And uh, he didn't mention where it comes from. I uh, didn't warn the people making it and sending it over our borders to kill hundreds of thousands of Americans. But at least he mentioned it. It could have been the only coherent thought in this unbelievably meandering, incoherent speech. We have some of the highlights and lowlights from uh, Joe Biden's appearance in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. I, uh, I noted uh uh, absence from the appearance, John Fetterman, his fellow uh, brain damaged politician, did not show up and he will not debate Dr. Oz, the worst candidate in American political history, uh, released a statement, said he's not ready to debate. And the uh, election's like uh, two, two and a half months away. And people are thinking of sending him to the Senate. It is truly amazing what's going on. In Pennsylvania, uh, we'll play it. We'll play Fetterman's latest uh, attempt to put a sentence together. It is pretty disturbing. Uh, bad, bad news for woke corporations. We got a couple of woke corporations uh, circling the drain. You hate to see it, including Entercom. <laughs> Entercom, my old employer, may or may not be preparing to uh, declare bankruptcy. Uh, Libs of TikTok was kicked off Twitter. We mentioned this the other day. And it could be the most egregious, outrageous example of uh, someone getting canceled because what Libs of TikTok did was called journalism. Journalism. We will play you the sound of a phone call the Libs of TikTok woman made to a hospital uh, who's denied that they did sex change operations for kids. She, She caught them. She proved it. They're lying. She's exposing them. And they're kicking her off social media and attacking her, the great libs of TikTok woman. It's truly amazing. Uh, And uh, we have uh, another guy, another prominent, another famous guy who is clearly in decline and just too old to do the job. I'm sorry. Everybody loves Lee Corso, but I think it is over for Lee. At least he's not, doesn't have his hand on the nuclear button. But we could play the sound over the weekend from Lee Corso. It really is kind of sad. We got that and lots more on today's Callahan Show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Let me ask you something. What if there was someone out there who kept a log of every single thing you did every minute of the day? I think that'd be pretty creepy. Well, what if I told you that's exactly what happens every time you go online? Your internet provider like AT&T or Verizon is allowed to store logs of every website you've ever visited and they can legally sell this data to anyone. That's why I always use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your internet provider can't see or log what you do online. 
Now, many of you might be wondering, well, if I'm routing all my data through a VPN, then doesn't that mean the VPN can see what I'm doing and log my data instead? And you're right to think that. Many VPNs claim to have a no logs policy, but have been caught logging customer activity. ExpressVPN is the only VPN I trust because they use trust server technology. They were the first major VPN provider to engineer all of their VPN servers to run in RAM. This makes it impossible for their VPN servers to store any data, including logs of any ExpressVPN customer. And you don't have to take my or ExpressVPN's word for it. ExpressVPN is so confident in their no logs claim, they even had one of the biggest assurance firms, PwC, audit their technology. It's no wonder that CNET named ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world. Stop letting people keep logs of what you do online. Visit expressvpn.com slash Callahan right now and find out how you can get three months free. And I guess I can't blame John Fetterman or anybody else for saying, I don't want to appear with Joe Biden. I don't want to be seen with Joe Biden. I don't want to have to answer for the things Joe Biden says, because they're, they're sending him on the road, by the way, he's going to start making appearances and selling uh, whatever the, the yesterday was selling this idea that the Democrats, that Biden, the Biden administration is not anti-police. So the president who said yes, when asked if he wanted to defund the police uh, not long ago, a vice president who uh, started a bail fund to bail out rioters and, and, and arsonists and encouraged the rioters said they're not going to stop and they shouldn't stop. That administration now wants you to believe they're all in on supporting our police. Uh, it, 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 it doesn't work because, of course, Joe Biden can't put a sentence together, a, a cogent thought, and I'm not sure they're going to continue to send him out there. It's, you know, it's got two and a half more years. He can't do it, as we've said many, many times. He's just not up for it. He's scheduled to come to Boston in... Uh, in two weeks to talk about infrastructure. I look forward to that. Hopefully he goes off script the way he did yesterday, but it clearly the polls say are the focus groups and the polls are telling them that people don't want to defund the police. People are really concerned about crime. They even care more about crime, believe it or not, than climate change. It's amazing. You know, people living in cities, getting mugged, carjacked, knifed, murdered. Those crazy people think it's more important to put criminals behind bars than it is to ban gas powered cars to save the earth. I mean, these people just don't have their priorities straight, but apparently the, uh, the Biden administration is going to get out there and lie and pander and tell them they are concerned about crime and drugs, by the way. And it is, it is remarkable that 107,000 Americans died of drug overdoses or in the case of fentanyl, drug poisonings. These aren't overdoses. These are people who think they're taking a Percocet or think they're taking an Oxycontin, and it's actually fentanyl produced in China, sent into this country over the Mexican border by cartels. And we, our president never mentioned it for the last two years, didn't mention it. The leading cause of death for people 18 to 45 in this country. I just read a story. Life expectancy has declined in the last year, partly because of COVID, but also because of drug overdoses and poisonings. So our, for the first time since like 1996, the average lifespan is going down because Chinese fentanyl is killing so many people. 
the amazing thing is we know it. I mean, I watched a guy on some show last night and a former border patrol guy, uh, an expert in this. And he says, China produces this, sends it to Mexico, knowing it'll come over the border and destabilize our country and kill young people in America. So it's, it's well known that that's how it works, that China is doing this. And Joe Biden says nothing about China. Can you imagine if there was some chemical and American produced and sent it into China to kill Chinese people? I mean, there'd be, would be world war three. There would at least be a strong, stern warning, a letter written to, to, to the U S saying, stop it. And he just talks about uh, whatever. It'll be, oh, we got an open border. So Biden the, has blood on his hands. He opened the border, allowed the drugs to come in. They're killing young Americans. And he hasn't given it a thought. Hasn't mentioned it in, in a year and a half. Well, finally, he decided to mention it in his appearance in uh, Pennsylvania yesterday. But it was lost. It was lost amid a mess, a meandering mess of thoughts of, of bizarre thoughts, of made-up stories, of lies, of slander. I don't even know where to begin. We have lots of cuts. Each is more, each is sillier in many cases, dumber than the last. I mean, I guess we can begin with this threat to half of America, people that, um, people that uh, have guns. I'll, I'll throw this to you, Ironhead. You're a gun guy. Mm-hmm. He wants to know why you need a gun when you aren't going to overthrow the government because the government has F-15s. So what good is it to have an AR-15 if the government has F-15s and will kill you and defeat you if you ever rise up? Well, if you haven't been hunting this, before, the deers have Kevlar vests and stuff. Oh, so Jesus. We well, got to get through those. I, I, you know, th- there was a lot of stupid crap in this, in this speech, but he actually rolled that out again. See, I'm convinced <laughs> that this is one of the best examples of how his, his decaying brain works. There's no way his people, his handlers, his writers, his speechwriters put that in the, in the teleprompter. No way. Even, even the idiots in the administration don't think that's a good line, an effective line or a funny joke. He did it again. He did it again. He said the deer don't have Kevlar vests. No one has ever laughed at this joke. No one has ever thought it was funny or poignant or, or, or effective. No one. He said this thing a thousand times. And by the way, he says it, and then he says no joke. Okay, so you're not joking. You want to know if people think deer have Kevlar vests. Yeah, let's we'll do the gun thing first because I know it's uh, it's near and dear to your heart. But he tells the most ridiculous lie about the AR-15, and he does the Kevlar vest uh, joke again. And it's just, I mean, even these stooges in the audience, these these union thugs and other crazies, Green New Dealers, this, his core support, even they are rolling their eyes going, what the hell are you doing? Why are you saying this? What do you got? Which one is this? Is this the Kevlar vest? No, this is the uh, F-15s one. Okay, the F-15. He wants you to know you really have no need for a gun because he's got f 15 He's got tanks. He's going to... Biden's going to kill you all. That's what he's telling you. Uh, he's going to kill you. Uh, hey, believe me, the way he talks... The way he slanders and demonizes his opposition, well, the way he 
he labels 74 million Americans as fascists and violent domestic terrorists. The way he and his side talk, it is only a matter of time before they send the F-15s into deep red America to attack (laughs) his enemies. That's what we're building up to. We're building up to some kind of violent reaction because Biden is telling his supporters, many of whom are really stupid, that the other side are violent fascist terrorists, white nationalists, uh, racist, misogynist, transphobes. And what, what there, there's nothing that would be too harsh for them. I mean, you know, tough words, that's one thing, but these are evil people. Biden wants you to know these are really bad. You know, Trump supporters, they're really bad. They're evil. So whatever you got to do to defeat them, you know, go for it. It's justified. It's like, you know, if you, if, if you had the chance to kill Hitler, you know, you kill Hitler, right? That's yep. the way he looks at it. But play this because it's so stupid. And I, again, I don't know how anybody could put this in the teleprompter, but he wants you to know you don't need a gun because you're going up against the U.S. military. Go ahead. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the <laughs> rationale we use. That's you. These people don't know whether to laugh or cry, so you don't need a gun. Because they got F-15s. Before we move to the rest of this mess, let me remind you what happened uh, on January 6th, 2021. A bunch of unarmed hicks, a bunch of MAGA morons, (laughs) uh, stormed the Capitol, climbed up the walls. Not one person was charged with having a gun in the Capitol. So these were unarmed uh, uh, rioters, unarmed idiots. and. Biden and his side want you to believe that they were attempting to overthrow democracy. They were going to, we came within minutes of having our, our government, our democracy, our entire system overthrown by a bunch of unemployed MAGA guys without guns. They had flagpoles, you know, they had, uh, they had uh, horns, hats with horns. They almost overthrew the government. And Joe Biden wants you to know there's no use in getting an AR-15 because you can't overthrow the government. The government has planes and and, and, and guns and tanks. Uh, and besides, who's even talking about over? The only ones who talk about overthrowing the government are the, the MSNBC morons that want you to believe that Viking man, Jacob Chansley, was about to be installed as our new God King. We were going to get rid of uh, all those congressmen and senators we're going to have a fascist dictator and it was going to be this, this, this brain dead uh, horns guy with his face painted. He was going to take over the country. But of course we put the lie to the whole overthrow the government thing because the people they're accusing of overthrowing the government, attempting to overthrow the government didn't bring their guns. They left them at home. They left them in their cars, in their hotel rooms. They didn't arm themselves. So it was the first unarmed armed insurrection and uh, which failed, by the way, to overthrow the government. But that wasn't even close, not even close to the dumbest thing our president, our our uh, senile president said yesterday. The defeat got, in your voice when you just said our president was 
really telling. It, it is. Like it, is it is sad when you think about it. I don't know. There were two absolute beauties. There were two. One where he's the uh, only white lifeguard, and the other one, <laughs> yeah. the only white lifeguard is good because again, we will. I'll, I'll say it forever. But can you imagine? Not just Trump saying this. Can you imagine Mitt Romney or George Bush? Or with Mitch McConnell saying this, can you imagine any Republican talking about this saying, yeah, I was the only white lifeguard. Boy, there was a lot of crime and man, those kids could play basketball. You know, (laughs) there's a bunch of black kids there. So it was the best basketball around. It's this is this is him. This is this guy who even in his best day had trouble putting a cogent sentence together. But this is him clearly in the throes of dementia going off script and attempting to tell a relatable story. And you know, when that happens, it's time to call AAA because there is a wreck on the side of the highway. But is this the cut where he talks about being the only white life God? Keep in mind, I guess the defense for him saying, making racist statements like this is he doesn't really know what he's talking about. He, it's not true. He's just making it up. There's no truth to it whatsoever. But again, this is the guy, good friend of Robert Burrs. This is the guy that said, if you put black people in the school, it was going to be a jungle. This is a guy who said, if you don't vote for him, you're not black. Uh, this is a guy who said, you know, 7-Eleven, everyone at 7-Eleven has an Indian accent. I mean, this is a guy who's been a, 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 a racist for decades. And this is the way he thinks. Down that section of town where all the black guys are, that's where all the crime is and all the good basketball. But let's listen to this babbling fool uh, just lose his way. Go ahead. If I can just interject for a moment, my deceased son, Bo, he was the attorney general of the state of Delaware. And what he used to do is go down on the east side, what called the bucket, highest crime rate in the country. There's a place where I used to, I was the only white guy that worked as a lifeguard down in that area on the east side. And you know where the, you can always tell where the best basketball in the state is and the best basketball in the city is. It's where everybody shows up. <laughs> they have all the crime and they have the best basketball. And he was the only white lifeguard. Uh, and first of all, I mean, if, if it's too bad, there's not a, such a thing as a fact checker. Like if there was like a, a website and a Twitter feed that f- checked facts uh, there is no such thing. All Snopes and PolitiFact, they're all just left-wing activists. A fact-checker had enough material yesterday to last a month. I mean, this is all, everything he's saying is made up. Everything he said is nonsense. Um, we'll, I want to get to the, uh, the the cut, which was, uh, it, it, I don't even know how to, how to describe it. It's so stupid. It's just a made-up thing about some woman and he went up and she said, Joey, and he went out and stopped the gangs. And it's just, he, he, you want to see the best example ever of a guy completely fabricating something for whatever reason. I don't know. Again, to sound relatable to average Americans, to make it sound like he wasn't a little spoiled, little rich kid. Like, oh yeah, I was in the black section. I was a lifeguard. I was hanging with a corn pop, by the way. There's a lot of people who believe Corn Pop was the good guy. The Corn Pop uh, went after Joey because Joey wanted the kids to rub his legs at the pool. So Corn Pop said, went and kicked his ass. Corn Pop said, was a bad pervs. dude. Corn Pop was a good guy. I believe that theory, by the way. I believe that. But do you have he that, ran that, a bunch that, of that bad story? Boys. I, 
I don't even, I'm not sure how to describe it. Just a story out of nowhere that is the least believable thing mm. this he, this mythomaniac has ever said. And he talks directly to the camera so you feel it at home. Yeah, so you, so you believe it. And, and he leaves, it's about some old woman, but he leaves her name out because, you know, she's no longer with us and he wouldn't want to use her name as if she actually exists. But go ahead and play this one. This is, to me, was the funniest. And one of those old Victorian two, three-story apartment buildings and going up to see a woman whose name out, she's passed away, but won't mention her name now. And standing in that rotunda, that, that part that stuck out around the building, and she said, Joey, I know. I know what's going on. They all plan it downstairs. I can hear them. But I'm afraid to tell anybody. I'm afraid to tell anybody. The gangs. <laughs> and so I got her so that I got a phone number for the local cops. She'd call. They promised not to identify her because they knew there'd be retribution. And the crime rate began to drop for real. Not a joke. <laughs> you got to know people. You got to know. And Joey, Joey, uh, those are the tells. So he says, no joke, not a joke, true story, or Joey. You know, Joey. it's 100% made up. So the only white lifeguard, you know, the guy who had the guts to go into that black neighborhood and, and, and let the kids rub his legs, that guy, he stopped the crime in that area because he went to the old lady who was afraid of the gangs and he gave, and you hear what he did? I mean, this is real heroism. He gave her a phone number for the police. <laughs> True international okay. pressure. A quick question. Does any old woman, widow, woman living alone in a bad neighborhood, does any of them not know the number for the police? <laughs> What's the number for 911? <laughs> What's the one I write? What's the number I call when there's a crime in progress? 911. Oh, thank you, Joey. You're a godsend. You're a lifesaver. Joe, so he wants you to believe that he, by going to getting her a number and I, I guess, you know, tell, telling the cop was, uh, uh, he was the reason the crime rate dropped. Not a joke, not a joke. True story. <laughs> I got to do this other one before we move on though, because, uh, you're the gun guy. I'm not. Oh, we got two I'm, more. We have two more. We have him hitting on a nine-year-old too. Don't forget. Oh, that's true too. We got the creepy, <laughs> you know, this was the abs. This was a grand slam performance. from Joe Biden. It, was, <laughs> it was just flat out lies. It was, it was, you know, made up stories from about Joey and noted. And it was Kevlar vest. And it was complete, uh, complete lies. And then there was a complete gibberish coming out of that mind of mush. And there was the creepy moment, which we will finish with the creepy moment. But we got to get to the flat out lie that if there were fact checkers in the world, they would just be eating this for breakfast. It's just such a slam dunk. And all the gun guys or, you know, the Second Amendment guys were just pointing out how absurd it was. And again, I don't think it's in the script. I think he just makes this up, but he's trying to describe how dangerous AR-15s. That's going to be one of his things. Hell, that will be the lead for the next 70 days. I want to get weapons of war off the street. Republicans want to, uh, so Republicans are in favor of school shootings, and he's going to hammer that home wherever he goes. Uh, but uh, he wants you to know they're really da dangerous and deadly. In case you didn't know, AR-15s, they kill people. They are really, unlike other guns, the bullets go really, really fast. Let's listen to this idiotic 
<laughs> just just lie. That's what it is. Just a lie. Go ahead. Do you realize the bullet out of an AR-15 travels five times as rapidly as a bullet shot out of any other gun? <laughs> I I I didn't really tweet about this because I don't know, you know, I don't know, but five times faster than another, like a hunting rifle, yeah, no, the, you know, or a hunting rifle, like a like a sniper rifle or a you know hunting rifle with the scope that you, how fast does a bullet come out of that? Uh, AR fifteen, it comes out anywhere from like twenty eight hundred to thirty two hundred feet per second. So what he's what he's insinuating is that. Uh, an AR-15 shoots 15,000 feet per second because it's not even it's not even the fastest round. I I understood uh, that from uh, people on Twitter, gun guys on Twitter pointing out how absurd that. I mean, if you said twice as fast, five times as fast, I mean, it's is that supposed to make you? Oh, man, we can't have guns that shoot really fast bullets. We should just have guns where the bullets don't come out that. I mean, what the hell kind of argument is that? It just seems so absurd. But uh, and, you know, maybe maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll work. He, he, by the way, he said he was there to support. I don't know if you have this cut. I, you don't need, we don't need it. But he was there to support Josh Shapiro for senator and that big guy for governor. A, Shapiro's running for governor. B, the big guy has a name. I know that's a tough one for Biden and see the big guys running for Senator, not governor. So just, just showing up there allegedly to support fellow Democrats who ran from him. Like he's got COVID. Uh, he doesn't even know what offices they're running for, but uh, I do have it. If this, you want it. The, the, all right, play, play, play it. Cause I mean, you would think that'd be one thing you'd have to get right. What, who you're there to support and what offices they're running for, particularly the Senate when it's so instrumental to advance your insane agenda. He doesn't even know what this, this big meathead Fetterman is running for. Go ahead. Please, please elect the attorney general of the Senate. Elect that big old boy to be governor. <laughs> Everyone's like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, they're, they're cheering out of sympathy. The big old boy is running for Senate, you idiot. Honestly, you can't get that right. All right, let's get to, uh, no, I'll, I'll play the creepy Joe, and then we'll get to Fetterman's, <laughs> the update on the worst candidate in American political history. It's it's amazing. But uh Amid this mess, this meandering mess of of lies and uh, misstatements and just nonsense, uh, Joe Biden did have the time to pick out a pretty little lady in the audience. (laughs) Of course, she's not yet. She has not yet reached double figures. So he really, really wanted to go for a quick sniff, go in for a quick sniff. Uh, He didn't. He wanted to, but uh, he did have a moment with the little girl. Let's uh, watch and listen. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. How are you, baby? How old are you? How old are you? Almost double figures. He sounds like Beavis and Butt. He's like, hey, baby. Oh, how are you, baby? He talking to a nine-year-old girl. How are you, baby? 
Ooh, almost double figures. He doesn't like that. He doesn't like when they get to be. It's like when he's like Leonardo DiCaprio when they turn thirty. You know, just dumps them. He <laughs> yeah. doesn't like when they reach double figures. <laughs> almost, uh, almost double figures. Wow, that's going to be exciting. But I guess notable by uh, his absence was uh, the the big old boy. What does he call him? Big old boy. The big, big old, old boy. boy. Yeah. John Fetterman, who's in a race, which and he's leading in the polls, which is just mind-boggling to me. I know Dr. Oz is a perfect candidate, but you have a guy leading in the polls who had a stroke three months ago and cannot complete a sentence. Uh, on top of that, he's just a terrible candidate, just a little trust fund punk who lived off his parents till he was in his 50s, never had a real job, wants to legalize heroin, wants to uh, let one-third of the prisoners out of prison his if he could have one wish it would be to eliminate uh, life without parole for first degree murderers just a crazy radical bernie bro who wears hooded sweatshirts and, and brags about his tattoos uh anyway if he could speak i'd still say he's a terrible candidate he can't he has already said he will not debate uh oz in september or at the beginning of september because he has health issues so he's admitting that he can't debate an opponent, but he wants to be a U.S. senator for six years. And at least half, at least half of the voters that have been polled are okay with that. <laughs> they are okay with sending a guy to the Senate who's not well enough to make, you know, like a campaign appearance and take a couple of questions. They want him to be one of 100 senators, the most exclusive club in the world, a guy who couldn't, Order, order breakfast, lunch at McDonald's. He's not capable of it right now. He couldn't do it. He'd have to like point at the menu because he can't speak. People in Pennsylvania are 70 days away for sending this man, this big old boy to the Senate. God, that blows my mind. Big old boy. But do we, we have him? This, uh, is, a, this is a this, CNN. I want, a CNN. This is from uh, CNN. Yeah. Just I want to set it up. CNN tweeted this out. I assume they had it on uh, one of their news reports. And here was the description. They said, uh, Fetterman was on message, but often speaking halting. Often His words were often halting. They call this halting, this gibberish. And they gave him credit because he's on message. But this is, this was yesterday, correct? Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman yesterday. This is when he <laughs> didn't show up and appear with the president. But this guy, again, will not debate. I'm going to guess he'll never debate. Because imagine how embarrassing it'll be. You can say what you want about Dr. Oz, but he's, Dr. Oz is really smart. He's, you know, he might be a bit of a squish or maybe he was, maybe he's an opportunist, but he's smart and he's very articulate and he would devour the big guy in a debate. So they're just going to run and hide and do the Biden strategy, hide until election day and hope for the best. But this is Fetterman when asked, I don't even know what he's asked. This is Fetterman making an appearance and CNN said, gave him credit. He was on message. Go ahead. Let's listen to the big guy. Rallying members of the United Steelworkers Tuesday, Fetterman was on message, but often halting in his speech and occasionally dropped words mid-sentence. Being anti-union is anti-American. Union. What is wrong with demanding for... An easy, safe kind of 
their income a path to a safe place for them to win. Or excuse me, to, to work. Fetterman declined to answer questions from CNN and other reporters at the event. That That is amazing. That is That was yesterday. The election is November 8th. He is leading in the polls. He may be a U.S. senator. He has, uh, he had a stroke. He said, uh, uh, he, he, he said, he, he admitted he's recovering from a stroke. He's not ready to debate. He took, attacked Oz, uh, bringing the stroke up. Oz obviously made a, made a, I, I guess it, uh, an insult said that, uh, if he ate more vegetables, maybe he wouldn't have a stroke. Eh, is that appropriate? I don't know. Charcuterie. But, uh, we're talking about a Senate seat. We're not talking about, he was mayor of some small town. That's one thing. A Senate seat for a guy who can't go before a friendly crowd, put three sentences together, can't do an interview with CNN, which is going to be 100% supportive, can't do an interview with the local Philadelphia media, which are rooting for him. He can't do that. Among his, sit down with his friends in the media and let them spin it for him. So That, he, that is incredible. That There's never been, there's been some bad candidates. There's been some... You know, some some really crazy socialists out there. This is the worst. This is the worst I've ever seen. He can't do it. He can't be a senator. And yet, I guess hundreds of thousands of Pennsylvanians are ready to vote for him. Steel workers and other union people are going to vote for him. That That is just remarkable. He, is he going to go to the I, Capitol I, I wanna... in in his sweatshirt and shit, if he wins. Sweatshirt. I've seen like one or two appearances. I've never seen him in a suit tie. We've seen him with like a, you know, decent dress shirt, but uh, I have not seen him like jacket and tie. I don't know. I guess you, I don't know. I don't know. With Jim shorts and a hooded sweatshirt, it's just such a, such an everyman. A guy who's never had a real job. A guy who's never worked a day in his life. Who has rich parents who just gave him money. But uh, anyway, there's no way uh, we got a lot there. more. To, we got a lot more to get to. We, we, we got to get to the big news of the day. Bankruptcies. Woke, super woke companies are going under. And uh, I can't I'll just say, you know, it's a shame. Just hate to see it. And this libs of TikTok story is just incredible. Just incredible. They're canceling libs of TikTok. The woman who runs it for doing journalism. Journalists are attacking her for doing journalism. We'll play the sound and tell you the story. It's unbelievable. Uh, let me do Shay. What, want me to do, uh, want me to do Callahan coffee too? Or you want to do Shay? We'll, we'll save that. We'll do, we'll do Shay and we'll get to these stories. Uh, and then we'll uh, do, we have to say goodbye to one of our, one of our interns today to remind me Ironhead. All right. Shea Concrete, you know what they can do for you. you know, this summer, you got to do a summer home improvement project. I got one for you. New precast concrete steps, whether you're building a new home or you're remodeling an old one. Shea has great values on precast concrete steps with designs that will fit your home. There are many options available, including concrete, but you can also customize with beautiful stone or brick. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your, your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the envy of the neighborhood they remove the old steps bring in new steps within hours you got a whole new look and your house is looks better and is worth more 
This isn't just an, uh, this isn't an expense. This is an investment an upgrade in your home with one phone call. Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience in a few hours. You'll have a brand new front entrance and you will love it. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. Also at SheaConcrete.com, you got to look for a job, a good one. Shea is hiring. They're always hiring. The business is good. It is booming. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. I just... Uh... I don't know where this story is at the moment, but uh, yesterday, a, uh, I think it was a, a PBS reporter, a local PBS reporter tweeted that David Field, CEO of Entercom, now called Odyssey, uh, admits that he's preparing for bankruptcy. It's been a story for a long time. The, uh, the, the stock, which I believe was uh, like $16 when Entercom merged, with CBS a few years ago. It is now, I'll give you the, uh, the, uh, I think it's at 52 cents. It is, uh, yep. 50 close to 52 cents yesterday. I believe the, uh, the 52 week low was 51 cents. So they got that going for them, but, uh, the company is absolutely circling the drain. If you read any of the business publications, uh, they've been warned by New York Stock Exchange that they have to get above a dollar or they will be delisted, which will be a death sentence. And other companies have uh, declared bankruptcy before, but this seems inevitable. They cut somewhere between 10 and 15 percent of their workforce. I don't know if uh, too many people in Boston who've been cut, uh, been been whacked, but uh, maybe that's coming because things look really grim for Entercom. And uh, this is one of those companies, one of those CEOs who just buckled under the pressure from the woke mob, as we've pointed out many times, not just, you know, not just because of my story or Minahan, but, but around the country. I mean, that's what they do as, as uh, when we were there, you know, a few years ago, all field and his family, his wife cared about was, uh, global warming and climate change. And they, you know, they, they, all their PSAs were at climate change. I mean, when it came to raising money for kids with cancer, they didn't really care about that. They cared about climate change. That's where they wanted to, you know, donate their money. Just, just airhead liberal idiots who, who were super woke. And now and that's how they were in the company. And now the company's on the brink of bankruptcy and you just, it couldn't happen to a better bunch. This is what happens. Go woke, Get woke, go broke. Get woke, go broke. And we have a couple of examples of that today. Uh, and uh, again, hate to see it. Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond is closing 150 stores. I'm not sure if they're prepared to... Uh, oh, by the way, I, I should update you on the Odyssey story. They deny um, deny the, the report. It, it was initially a report from this... Uh, Blogger, newsletter writer, Jerry Del Coliano. He wrote a blog titled David Field Confirms Odyssey Bankruptcy. Uh, that was picked up by a, a PBS reporter in Boston, Henry Santoro, I believe his name is. It, You know, the, the tweet went viral, um, and uh, I believe it, uh, but the, uh, the Odyssey came out with a statement saying it's not true. Uh, David Field sent a company-wide email 
said, don't believe it. Uh, the company intends to go after Del Coliano for false statements. Um, that that will, um, Odyssey stock closed Tuesday at 52 cents. The company was notified by the New York Stock Exchange earlier this month that it has six months to get back to having a minimum average closing price of $1 over 30 consecutive trading days, or it will be delisted. That was then followed by the company laying off 5% of its workforce. Uh, I think it's more in some markets. Um, so the company is denying they're preparing for bankruptcy. I don't believe that for a second. I don't see how a, uh, a company that sells for 52 cents a share is going to get over a dollar uh, for a month, consecutive month, anytime soon. So they will get delisted. Uh, the, this story from uh, Radio Insight points out that the uh, the tweet, the blog post and the tweet was uh, shared by many Boston media personalities, including Barstool founder Dave Portnoy, which prompted the statement saying from uh, uh, the Odyssey CEO saying that that is categorically untrue, that Odyssey does not intend to declare bankruptcy, but we'll see. We will see. I know things, things aren't good. Things aren't good in the, uh, uh, I love this too. This, I looked this up. This is from uh, four years ago, 2018 when uh, iHeart filed for bankruptcy uh, David Field wrote a, a letter. This is the CEO of Entercom. Is it, he writes, it is a good time on the wake of iHeart's bankruptcy. It's a good time to reflect on how well-positioned Entercom is to compete effectively, grow, and thrive. We did not make the mistake of over-leveraging ourselves, and yet we still emerged as one of radio's two largest companies with the scale, brand, and capabilities uh, to compete to win. We are leading. We are leading uh, media and entertainment company reaching over 100 million people. We're number one creator of live original lo local audio. Even after our co uh, competitors came out, even after our competitors come out of bankruptcy, we will still have the industry's strongest balance sheet. He's bragging after iHeart goes bankrupt that they ain't gonna. It's not gonna happen to them, and uh, looks like it's about to happen to them. But. Uh, Get woke, go broke. Here we go. Uh, we'll get, that was my former employer. Now we're going to get to uh, Ironhead's former employer, Bed Bath & Beyond, which canceled Mike Lindell under pressure from the mob. They canceled Mike Lindell. They wouldn't sell his sheets, his pillows, because, you know, Mike Lindell, he, uh, he sports Trump. He wears a crucifix. He, uh, he questioned the election results in Wisconsin. So we can't sell his pillows. So they canceled them along with another, a number of retailers. Well, it doesn't look good for uh, bed, bath and beyond bed, bath, beyond is closing 150 stores. They appear to be on the brink of, uh, of bankruptcy, um, which will break my heart. I don't think I've ever been inside one. I don't <laughs> I don't think I've ever stepped inside a bed, bath, and beyond. Just, the, just walking near it gives me kind of makes me a little nervous. Walking was, in there, I was there when Mike Lindell I, was thriving, though, so it was like a good store. You know what I mean? <laughs> was Mike? Were you selling my pillows when you were working there? Yeah, they had their, they had a huge display. And yeah. You can't sell it. So you like his pillows? You like his sheets? People want them. People buy them. But he goes on and he supports Trump. 
you know, and he's a big Christian. And, and you say, we can't sell his pillows because if we do some assholes on Twitter will, will, will attack us or maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll, they'll, they'll uh, pick it outside the store or something. So you can't sell good quality pillows. If we sell his pillows, we might go bankrupt. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So this, uh, this is uh, the latest. Let's see. I got, this is from CNBC. Uh, They got the, they got the uh, report of the uh, report on the news this morning. Uh, I, I, I watch CNBC. I don't understand half the crap they're talking about, but bed, bath and oh ooh, no, I don't want the denials, the denials. bed, bath and beyond said Wednesday that it secured more than 500 million in new financing. And then it's closing stores and laying off staff that it seeks to fix its struggling business. The moves were part of a wave of changes. The home goods retailer announced ahead of investor updates early Wednesday, it will close 150 of its lower producing stores and reduce its work for workforce by 20%. Jeez. What happened to you when you were at, uh, did you get fired? No, did I you did. fall asleep like, like uh, Adam Sandler fall asleep in Bed Bath & Beyond and uh, take a nap or why did you lose your gig? Shout out to the uh, Bed Bath & Beyond in Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, I was going to college and it was just a job while I was there. What was your job? I, know, I was kind of walking around <laughs> doing not much. I just needed beer walking money. Walking around. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound like a fun place. No, but, you know, it's not. That's me. And uh, 150. I, I mean, I didn't, I should check how many stores do they have. I, I've again, I've never been in one of them. Then I remember uh, I probably waited outside when my, uh, when my wife walked in one, but. I bet you they would still be thriving if they didn't cancel Mike Lindell. Screw them. Screw them. Screw any woke company. Screw them all. This is the market speaking. They have um, 1,530 stores in the United States. Well, well so 10% of the, the, the stores are closing forever. It's get, a lot more than I thought, to be honest with you. There's 20 of them in Massachusetts yeah. alone. Well, well, that is just a start. They're going under. They're going under. All right, let's get to this story. The most disturbing story of the day, in my opinion. We've talked about libs, libs of TikTok in the past. It is a uh, Twitter account, and it is in, it run by Chaya Rachik. She was anonymous, went by libs of TikTok until the Washington Post and New York Times targeted her for cancellation because she does journalism. And if there's one thing journalists hate, in this day and age is people who do actual journalism. She initially took people's videos from TikTok liberals and just posted them and they would go nuts. I mean, she, she was, I guess she made her name, make big uh, and became popular when she would post like creepy teachers, you know, during the Florida don't say gay debate, there'd be some first grade non-binary teacher talking about how she asks all her kids, their pronouns, all these sixth graders, you know, what sex are they, uh, you know, she would help them with their transit, but all these creepy teachers post it and you'd see it and you'd say, wow, that's wild. And uh, she rarely added any commentary. It was just look at this nut. And she would find these lunatics in their videos on TikTok or, or elsewhere and post it. That's it. Well, she became popular and she became 
more, uh, uh, she branched out a little bit and she went over a million followers and she has since uh, really worked to expose these hospitals, these doctors who are mutilating children. Now we talked about it with Boston Children's. She was part of that. Boston Children's Hospital denied they did surgery, gender reaffirming or affirming surgery on children. They lied. We played you the video. They admitted they did it on some kids under 18. Uh, the, 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 the industry, the gender, the, sec, the, the mutilation and castration of children industry has exploded. I think we have that map. I sent you that map. This was uh, a map comparing the number of gender reaffirming clinics in the country. I believe 15 years was the first one, 2007. And now the number now pediatric gender clinics, they're everywhere and they are performing hysterectomies on girls. They're, they're performing castration on boys, top surgery on girls, puberty blockers. It's an exploding industry. It's very profitable for these places and it's utter madness. You can't, you know, you can't get a tattoo. You can't have a beard. You can't vote. You can't drive until a certain age, but you can, you can get, chemically castrated you know you can get your breasts lopped off i guess it just kind of went under the radar for a while and people just accepted it as gender affirming care it is utter insanity we're living through and people like libs of tiktok and and chris rufo and matt walsh have, have brought this to people's attention and i think people are waking up they did it in boston when i mean children's boston children's had an impeccable reputation that's where kids from the Jimmy Fund Clinic, they go there when they need to be uh, inpatient treatment. It's just, they do remarkable work, but they always also have these lunatics down the hall performing top surgery on ch on young girls who to want to be boys. It's, they can't, can't just wait. You can't just say, sorry, we're going to wait. You're going to think about it. Wait till you're an adult. Anyway, so... The, as soon as Libs of TikTok and others exposed these people, the media went to work. That would be discrediting them, circling the wagons around the clinics and the hospitals who were doing these procedures and lying about it. And we obviously we, we told you the whole story of Boston Children's. We played you the audio that was on their own website admitting they do this to children. The people at Boston Children's lied. The media does not care. We gave you all those examples Boston Globe, Boston Herald, NBC, all of them were just carrying water for these uh, for the people at Boston Children's and lying, saying they do not, saying libs of TikTok put uh, out false statements. She did not. She told the truth. They lied. That is fact. And this has exposed the media in a big way, man. It really has. This is the media's agenda, advancing this insanity and trying to discredit, destroy, deplatform anyone that calls them out or anyone that exposes the truth. You don't get more black and white, clear cut than this phone call. So, uh, libs of TikTok, um, Chaya, I'm not Chaya sure Rachik. I'm not even sure how to pr pronounce her first name. Chaya, is it mm -hmm. Chaya or Chaya? Chaya. Chaya Rachik, the libs of TikTok woman. Uh, she appeared on Tucker, by the way, but doesn't show her face. She she does it on the phone. She doesn't want people to see her. She doesn't want to get hurt. And I don't blame her. She challenges the worst 
the most vicious mobs. These are the worst. The trans mob, as we've said many times, is the worst. They are vicious. They are relentless. They are coming after her for exposing them. So she calls Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C., and asks about getting gender a gender-affirming hysterectomy for her 16-year-old. Now, keep in mind, they've denied they do this. They have flat-out denied it. They don't do it. No, sir. No truth to that. I don't see how you get more clear-cut than this. This is called journalism. This is her making a phone call and getting them to admit they lied, that they do this procedure and they lie. Uh, we'll listen to the phone call, and then we'll uh, give you some of the reaction from the so-called media, the so-called journalists out there who just hate this woman for doing the job that they refuse to do. Go ahead. Thank you for calling National Hospital. Your call may be recorded for quality assurance. I was calling uh, for information about gender-affirming hysterectomies. Okay, so gender-affirming hysterectomies. I've been in touch with quite a few hospitals, um, and a lot of them, well, they said they won't do it for, for my 16-year-old, um, and then I was told that this hospital might, and I also saw it on your website. Um, so if you guys do uh, do it for a 16-year-old, I'll, I would be happy for you know to come for a consultation or whatever it takes. Let me get you over to the operator and I hate to transfer you. I just I just need to want to know if, if you guys do service that age, you know, before obviously before coming you know, coming all the way for an in person consult and going through all the paperwork well, and everything. Yeah, it depends. And each department's different. Some some departments cut off for eighteen. How old how old is your patient? Sixteen. Okay. All right, so they're in the clear. I'll email the um got the call and Hi, I was calling um, because I'm looking for information about the gender affirming hysterectomies that you guys offer. Am I in the right place? Okay. Yes. Um, this is the clinic. Did you want to make an appointment? So I was just wondering. I've I've contacted quite a few hospitals already. Um, it seems like it's difficult to find one that does the operation um, for my 16-year-old, and I was told that you guys do do that. Um, so if you do it for 16-year-olds, then yes, I'd love to schedule um, an appointment, a consultation, whatever you need. If, if you don't mind me asking, um, what is your child gender changing to so I can point you to the right direction? Yeah, well, he transitioned to a male. You know, he already had the top surgery, um, and now we're looking for the hysterectomy. Okay, beautiful. So I'm going to transfer you to the GYN nurse line. One of the nurses will give you a call to give you more information and to let you know the steps and the protocol that they do for that, okay? Okay. So, so they do. So they would do it um, for at the, for that age. Yes. Jesus. Okay, great. Is it a common procedure that you guys do for for that age? Yes. Um, we have um all different type of age groups that comes in for that. For the gender for the hysterectomy. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Just out of curiosity, do you know, like, what's the youngest age you would do it on? 
I'm not sure, but I have seen younger kids. And I'm not, you know, do the hip, I'm not allowed to say that, but mm-hmm. I have seen younger kids. Like younger than your child, Get the gender affirming hysterectomy surgery? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. I- that is amazing. That is, that's what, you know, that's what 60 minutes used to do. <laughs> that's journalism. That is exposing some really bad people who lie about what they're doing. Uh, that's just one woman in Brooklyn sitting there with her phone and her computer. Uh, they lied. She exposed that. That's quite clear. So how does the Washington Post react? This is the Washington Post's uh, tweet when they uh, wrote a story about this. She said, Children's National Hospital faced a torrent of threats after a right-wing Twitter account published a recording that falsely suggested the hospital is performing hysterectomies on transgender children. What? So how did she falsely suggest that? That's just one. Trust me, there, there's a hundred uh, other journalists trying to discredit and defame her. How did she falsely suggest anything? She asked, could not be clearer. They just admitted they do hysterectomies, uh, gender-affirming hysterectomies on children younger than 16. That should be a scandal. They are they are mutilating children and they're lying about it at one of these preeminent hospitals. She catches them and the media says she's lying. What? This is just upside down world. Um, and 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 this is a woman who does what you know journalism ideally should do. She takes on the powerful. And what happens to her? She gets canceled. She gets kicked off Twitter for that. They called it hateful conduct. She's she's on the brink of being canceled like one of these Andrew Tate, you know, Alex Jones types getting canceled by everybody, her bank, you know, and and, and PayPal and everyone else. You watch the power. Transgender is a not only are they vicious, they are very powerful. Hell, they have these hospitals that, that, that on their side. They have big tech. They have the Washington Post, the New York Times. They're going to come after her and destroy her, and it will be an absolute crime. And this is this is this is woman is exposing a scandal, and the media, which used you know expose scandals. I don't know if you ever heard of Watergate. I mean, that was the Washington Post. Now the Washington Post hears this and attacks her because they are so invested in this trans ideology that they don't want to let her, they're not going to risk one lonely lone Twitter lady getting in the way. It's there's nobody has done more to expose the utter corruption, the immorality of the mainstream than Chaya Rachik, the libs of TikTok lady. She wrote a whole piece, which I tweeted out because she should have the right to speak about how she's been canceled and attacked uh, and, and called a liar. How how is it? I mean, wouldn't you have to point out the lie? Where's the lie? She's the one catching the liars, exposing the liars. Uh, Libs of tick. I mean, NPR is claiming her report on children's national is false and out of context. Here's NPR's tweet after they heard that video. I mean, audio. Hospitals and doctors around the country are facing harassment over the medical care they offer transgender kids. The harassment campaigns are organized online, raising questions about what role media platforms should play in preventing abuse. AP was more concerned about mean comments 
under Children's National's tweets than the fact that hysterectomies were being done on kids in the name of gender-affirming care. Uh, she, she went after, she named a whole bunch of media outlets that are calling her out, saying she's uh, uh, falsely, she's, she's uh, uh, falsely smearing this hospital or attacking these doctors. All they care about is online threats, mean tweets to hospitals and doctors. They don't care about, you know, 13 year old kids being permanently mutilated. That's, that's, that's okay. That's gender affirming care. But if you point it out, tell the world, then you're going to be attacked. It's amazing. If it's, if it's okay, if it's, if it's necessary for the children, then why don't you stand up and proudly admit you do it? Why, why lie? Why deny it? Why, why, why do you need big tech and big media to circle the wagons and attack your accuser? If your accuser is lying, just stand up and tell the truth, but they won't. This is again, the worst example of cancel culture. You're canceling one single woman for doing journalism and the people who are doing the canceling are journalists. I shouldn't say that are quote unquote alleged journalists. It's, it's insane. It's utterly insane. But all right, before we go, I, you know, the big U S opens going on. The best player in the world's not invited because he won't take an unnecessary, uh, ineffective shot. He can't come and play in the U S open, but it is Serena's last tournament. And everyone, I guess is into this, not really big, big into this, but here was the controversy yesterday at the U S open, a 16 year old female player. What's her name? You got her, you got her name. Uh, it is, let me find it. Uh, she won, she won her match. Sarah. Bajak. Uh, yeah, one of my favorites, and she's a cute 16-year-old. I mean, a little old for uh, our commander-in-chief, but, you know, sometimes these stud star tennis players, they're young. She uh, win, won her match, went over to the uh, side, uh, to the whatever, sideline. I don't even know the terms in tennis. She's from Czech. She's Czech. Czech. Uh, and not only did her coach grab her ass, but her father did too. <laughs> See, it's normal. <laughs> and uh, and the picture was everywhere. The picture went global, and she had to, uh, here it is. Oh, we get the video where she goes over, her match goes over, and this is, I don't know. Oh, my God. Is that dad or, or is that the coach? That looks like the coach. What is he doing? <laughs> Who does he think he is, the president? I'm guessing that's the dad because he kissed her on the mouth. Okay, well, this is the coach then. He he gives it a jiggle. He gives it a grab they both, and jiggle, yeah. They both give this poor girl, they both grab her ass, this poor girl. She's 16. Look at that. He's he's patting it. It's not appropriate. I'm sorry. She can't do that. But no. I, I know I forgot. I know I forgot one thing. Let's do this quickly. Uh, everyone likes Lee Corso, right? Everyone thinks he's funny. He's fun. He's good for college football. He does funny predictions. He wears funny hats. He dresses like mascots. Apparently, uh, like many famous people in America today, he's hanging on a little bit too long. He's 87. He's, he's not quite as shot as our president, but I ask this all the time about, you know, our president and Fauci and McConnell and Pelosi. Why doesn't anyone ever walk away with dignity anymore? You know, I used to, I used to hate John Madden, not hate him. I didn't really get into John Madden. 
but I will always respect the fact that at one point he just said, I'm done. I'm too old for this. I got a bunch of grandkids. I got things to do. And he walked away and stayed away. Well, another fellow uh, football analyst, apparently is not going to do that. Lee Corso is back for another season and they're going to protect them. They're going to try, but it does. It sounds like it's not going well. Like you're 87. Why do you do this? Why do you need the job? Don't you have kids and grandkids and great grandkids and, and things, walks to take and, and, and golf to play and fishing and everything. I mean, why don't you just walk away with dignity? Here he is. This is off someone's TV. So it's not that clear, but you know what? He sounds like he should be running for the Senate in, in Pennsylvania. He's that bad, but go ahead, play it. You can bet that it's going to be Georgia versus Alabama in the SEC delegate. Georgia versus Alabama, SEC delegate. Then the winner goes on and plays for the national title. Ah, that's what I predict. I predict the SEC winner will not win the national title this year. The SEC winner will not win the SEC title this year. Details later. <laughs> Ooh, man, we have some cognitive difficulties on uh, display today. The SEC winner will not win the SEC title. That'll be quite a trick, huh? <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, apparently he's a good guy. I don't wish him any ill will, but please. I mean, I don't know. Does he have a wife? Does he have kids? They, they, they just say, take the keys away. It's time. It's time, Lee. It's time, Dad. You, you, you know, you had a great run. People love you. Maybe you can show up once a year or something at a game, but don't do this to him. Let him go away. Let him walk away with dignity. But I guess we don't do that in this country anymore. We don't do it. But anyway, we will leave it there. We want to uh, thank everybody for watching and listening and commenting. And uh, we want to thank intern Bailey for his fine work. He is moving on, going back to school, leaving his uh, partner in crime, Graham, to fend for himself. But uh, Graham's still around, right? We're not losing Graham. We're not losing Graham. <laughs> Excellent. We would be lost without Graham, but we wish Bailey well. Uh, anything else, Ironhead? Uh, I think we're going to be looking uh, in the near future for someone to cut clips and replace them more or less. So if anyone's interested, uh, message the show on Twitter at The Callahan Show. Yeah, you, we need someone who do the duties that Ironhead doesn't want to do or doesn't feel like doing. So he needs some uh, free, some can, free help. So, I can, uh, I can do him. it, but that won't be as good. I'm not uh, a video. Guy. Oh, really? So we need, so we need some like 18 year old college kid who can do the job better than you could. Oh, good. I can cut clips. I can cut clips all you want. They're just not going to look as good. Oh. Uh, I will message uh, Ironhead or uh, Graham at the show Twitter account. That's the way to reach out if you're interested. But uh, the show uh, we Twitter will account. <laughs> the show Twitter account. Is that how they do it? Yeah, I just want to make sure I don't get bombarded like everywhere else. <laughs> so just oh, no, the wouldn't show want that. Twitter wouldn't account. Want that. Wouldn't want that. All right, that'll do it. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me
Like the show, leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. In these tough economic times, rely on 1AAuto.com. Save money and empower yourself. In good times and bad, get great prices. Watch 1A Auto's massive library of free how-to videos. Fix it yourself easy and fast with 1AAuto.com. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. 